Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Electric Leftovers. I'm putting my shoes on. How are you today? Hope you're having a fine day. All I can say for sure is that uh, this week going much better than last week. It's not like, you know, last week was even a bad week. But uh, as the song goes, it had its moments now and again. And if you don't know what song it is, look it up. It's a good song. Picture a spinning toy, laden with adventure, coupled with the things I was told can only dream to be as one. Anyway, <clears throat> I have shoes on. And uh, yeah, what do we got going on this week? Well, since a lot, I keep looking for a calendar. I still don't have a calendar. Since last we spoke, uh, it's the Jason Show. That's right. All me, baby. Uh, Legacy of the Wizard, Episode 5, and the finale of Kirby's Dreamland 2 just went up this morning. We have some new Indestructible Man uh, for our Mystery Science Theater. Uh, last week's episodes all will be up and viewable on YouTube and in the forums at the website. Um, I was talking to Scarlett the other day. He got himself a new job, so his schedule's changed a little bit, but he's working on a bunch of stuff to get uploaded and added to the site, so... Uh, if there's nothing at the time of this recording, there should be some more soon. Uh, spoke with Coolio a little bit. He's just about got his um, internet situation figured out again, so he should be able to start uh, getting some stuff done on his own. Not having me do it for him. That'll mean it'll be done right for a change. Amazing. A uh, little side update. <coughs> Excuse me. It is that time of year. Uh, new graphics card and new hard drive in the computer, and I'm excited. Let me tell you, I really wanted to play Bayonetta. That's a new game for me. It's nine years old. Really wanted to play Bayonetta. Jade was nice and got me a copy of Bayonetta when it was on sale. And booted it up, and I could just barely play it at 720 on the lowest setting. And that was really... That was the clincher, you know. There's nothing else I really do. I don't care. I don't need to get, you know, 4K quality video for all these NES games I'm doing. But, you know, which ladies with guns strapped to their boots that fire when they kick? I'd like to get a little quality out of that, visually. I know. I know what I said. So, yeah, went and bought a new card, got it in the other day, and uh, was able to play it at 1080 on the highest settings with minimal slowdown. Now, I probably couldn't record it at that. I uh, probably wouldn't want to anyway. Uh, it's just a little... That's more than you need, I think, especially if you're watching something on YouTube. So, what I'm saying is be on the lookout. We're going to have some new videos coming out later. They're going to look better. They're going to play better. Um... I started that Scanner Sombre Let's Play back in October. I played a little bit of that yesterday night, and yeah, it is much better. So we might go back and um, replay the first couple episodes of that and then finish the game, because I didn't even finish the game. It was just not not happening. So yeah, new stuff on the way. Um, 
other than that, you know, nothing new to talk about. So just get on with the show. During a sailing voyage, Link becomes hopelessly sidetracked and finds himself shipwrecked on Koholint Island. While on the island, Link helps its many inhabitants by recovering the eight instruments of the sirens and waking the windfish. Awaken the windfish and all will be answered. Not so much sidetracked as shipwrecked, I think you mean. Nintendo, 1993 for the Game Boy. 
Uh, quite possibly my second favorite Legend of Zelda game. This one uh, takes up pretty much where Link to the Past left off in terms of gameplay and style with a few alterations to handle all of the goodies on the Game Boy screen. And it's just a great game. I really, really like this game. Uh, I think it gets overlooked because it's on the Game Boy, much like Metroid 2 in a way. Check it out, though. A really fun game. Got some really good music. And uh, no death run. Go me.
down here, microphone. We need to have a talk, microphone. Let's see. Man, this one... There's only about 80 billion reviews for this one. And... Um... Well, Officilla's here, Psycho Penguin's here, Xylo's here. Those are all very detailed reviews, and I mean, Officilla even gave it four and a half. Psycho Penguin and Xylo both gave it fives. Um, this may be the most well-loved game in history, according to this, anyway. Four, there's a four, four and a half, four and a half, four, half. ooh, three and a half. That's that's the lowest one. <clears throat> the worst thing people have had to say about this game is that it's slightly above average. A connection to a time beforehand, but is it still a gem? A Legend of Zelda Link to the Past Review by Phoenix85044. That's a zip code, I'll bet. Someone look that up. Ah, the classic Zelda game. The game which all other Zelda games, even Ocarina of Time, are compared to. It set the standard for so many things and truly created Hyrule as we know it. Still, as the game has aged, is it still a masterpiece, or is it just another game in the new family gaming machine? More importantly, was it ever a masterpiece in the first place? Uh, quick sidebar, this review is from 2007. <coughs> Graphics. The game looks nice. Even now, compared to some of the games that we saw on the GBA and even a few on DS, the sprites are still smooth and detailed. Animation is slick and it still has that magical feeling we all remember. The only complaint was the dull color palette. That was more due to cartridge limitations than anything else. Wonderful. Even with the often compared, uh, complained about fat link. Excuse me. 9 out of 10. <coughs> Pardon me. So. Uh, has anybody ever said that Link to the Past has a dull color palette? It's one of the bright. It's like got the same color palette Earthbound has. And I've never heard anything about Fat Link. That's weird. Sound and music. The bass is behind most all other Zelda games. Pretty much every game after has remixed some song from this game. The MIDI format, although old and dated, still sounds great. It may not be orchestrated, but we don't really need that, do we? 10 out of 10. Uh, this is the basis for Zelda games. Also, it's not MIDI. <coughs> Kind of like MIDI, but it's not MIDI. Story. Back then, the story was alright. Go find these treasures and people in these dungeons, then go beat the crap out of one ugly pig. Nowadays, it's bad. We just expect more story-wise. No character development at all. Still, there is that one plot twist. I will grade this harshly, but the plot for this game has little to no bearing with the overall score. Besides, since when did we play Zelda games for the story? 2 out of 10. The story's bad. Well, the story was good, but we don't care about the story. Two out of ten. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. What is that on oh, my monitor? Gross. Oh. I see. 
controls, very smooth and slick. 2D Zelda at its best, or close to the best. The handheld games certainly compete well in this category. Still excellent controls, quick movement, good hit detection, although the beginning of Link's Slash doesn't actually hit enemies, but you get used to that in two seconds. And responsiveness few games can match up to. Two only real beef is that swimming is pretty unnatural and unresponsive in comparison to walking. 9 out of 10. I like that he's just, you know, this game's good. The handheld versions are good. Uh, you know, other games like this aren't as good. Don't compare this game to other games. Review this game on its own merit. God, it drives me nuts. Also, swimming doesn't feel as natural as walking. Geez, physics. one of the Lovecrafty and old ones here reviewing the game. Inventory. It's huge. Very much so. It has all the classics and then creates some of its own. Hookshot, ice fire magic, battle oriented hammer, four bottles, flippers, power gauntlets. They all come from this game. And so much more. 10 out of 10. Uh, there was a fire rod in the very first game. Uh, bottles were in the first game. Power gauntlets were in the second game, so, I mean, not exactly. Dungeon design. And here's where I think people will start to not like my review. When this game first came out, the dungeons were pretty cool. They had small puzzles here and there and were mazes. That all seemed nice back then. Okay, then stop, because your next, com the next sentence. Comparing it to current Zelda games, the dungeons barely muster up any dignity. The labyrinthine qualities that we all love in LOZ got toned down in this game, severely. Dungeons are much smaller and many times easier to navigate through. LOZ dungeons had us stuck in some of them for hours. This game's dungeons can barely hold even newer gamers for one. Then we have the puzzles. They're easy. Starting from Link's Awakening, Zelda be games became much more puzzle-oriented. We saw masterpieces like Eagle's Tower, Forest Temple Ocarina of Time, Stone Tower Temple, Jabu Jabu's Belly, OOA? Oracle of Ages? Jabu Jabu's and Oracle of Ages? Uh, maybe. And so, it could be. I don't know. I didn't play those games. They were terrible. Uh, their puzzle motifs were wonderful, thoughtful, and had us going in circles trying to figure out what to do. This game doesn't have that. We might light a few torches, push a block, lift a stone, but that is really all there is. Thus, with a combination of small and simplistic maze and terribly easy puzzles, the dungeons are nothing special, and actually bad in retrospect. Of course, some dungeons are very good, such as the Palace of Darkness and Ice Palace. Skull Woods definitely gets kudos for most innovative dungeon design ever, but nothing else stands out. Some dungeons, like Turtle Rock, are actually failures, being so linear with few puzzles and yet in places one of the final dungeons. That's just a terrible way to finish a game, with bad dungeons. I cannot stress how much the dungeons are praised simply for being in the classic game, just like the Shadow Temple and Fire Temple from OOT. 3 out of 10. <clears throat> Don't compare a game to other games. Compare, like, review it on its own merits. It's not a review if you're saying it's not as good as this. Difficulty and enemies. A nice, refreshing feel from all the ridiculously easy games we have nowadays. Cough, TP, cough. Twilight Princess? Toilet paper? Transphantasms? Oh. Enemies move fairly swiftly, have contact damage, will attack you, and <gasps> shock can actually inflict more than half a heart of damage per hit, sometimes up to six hearts. Bosses aren't overly difficult, and most are gimmicks to use the dungeon item, but they can still bite you pretty hard if you're careless. Shakes fist at Moldorm and blind. 
The game is still easy due to having four bottles, but it's good overall. Well, I'm thinking you didn't need the dungeon item to fight blind or Moldorm. Maybe not the best examples. And why do you need bottles if the game is so easy? Hmm? Hmm, buddy? Fun factor and replay. There are a few side quests. Pick up the heart pieces, which started in this game. Find all the items in the inventory. Upgrade everything. Nothing all that time consuming, but decent enough. The main game is mostly dungeons, and as you've read, I don't like the dungeons. Still, I was able to get past that part. Exploration in this game is very fun, combined with fun fighting of enemies, smooth controls, and the giant inventory to make any enemy tremble in fear. The game is actually very, very fun to play. For how much I've bashed this game, remember he gave it a three and a half out of five, I still periodically sit down and play it because it seems too addictive. Wrong too. Ultimately, I think this is why people still play this game. It's just so enjoyable. Still, a few more side quests wouldn't hurt. Nine out of ten. Overall, graphics 9 out of 10, sound and music 10 out of 10, story 2 out of 10, controls 9 out of 10, inventory 10 out of 10, dungeon design 3 out of 10, difficulty and enemy 7 out of 10, fun factor and replay 9 out of 10. Whew. A straight average gives us roughly 7.4. Still, I feel that the most important aspects of a Zelda game are the controls, dungeons, and fun factor, which... Oh, and these are the very aspects which attracted so many people to the original Zelda. Averaging those three gives us exactly a 7 out of 10, which is my final score. So why did I even bother reviewing all the other stuff? I added that part. Some readers may feel this is a bit harsh for the classic, but I am naturally a harsh grader and expect much fun from all my games. Read my GCTP review. <coughs> Plug. Still, a 7 out of 10 for such an old game is a very good score. Back when this game was released, I probably would have given it a 9 out of 10. <coughs> Goodness gracious. Old games can't be as good as new games. If this was a new game, I would rate it better. Because I'm, I'm, you know. No, you're not. <laughs> if that's, if that's what you think, this game would have been better when it was newer. Game, games aren't wine or, or cheeseburgers. They're not, they're not better fresher. Drives me nuts. Anyway, after this, almost every other Zelda game just ripped off A Link to the Past. It's a review by Zylo from 2009. Nintendo have always had two series that make a lot of people to buy their systems no matter what. The first one is obviously the Mario series, and as we all know, Mario is the face of Nintendo. However, that doesn't mean that The Legend of Zelda isn't a, quote, not-so-important series to Nintendo. Ever since the first game was released on the NES, The Legend of Zelda games have always been considered by many to be one of the best games for the system it's released on. I never played this game when it was brand new, so I thought it would be interesting to see if it could keep the trend. Ooh, retconning trends. Let's see how you did, Zylo. In the first Legends of Zelda, you had a whole huge world which you saw from above and had to guide our hero Link, you could name him something else if you want, but his real name is Link, so most people name him that, through the lands of Hyrule. There were lots of different things you could find in this land, but the point was to get to the eight different dungeons to find the Holy Triforce and then defeat the evil King Ganon in order to save Hyrule. What made the game so fun was that besides from just using your sword, you also found a lot of different items, including a bow, a boomerang, and bombs. 
Then, Zelda II The Adventures of Link came out, and almost nothing stayed the same from the original. Instead of seeing everything from above, Zelda II looks a lot more like many other side-scrollers from the time it was released. Instead of using items, Link now learned how to use more spells the further he got in his adventure. In this game, you got experience points that you could use to make Link stronger. I don't know why Nintendo changed so much in the sequel from the original, but Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past is a lot more similar to the original. The only thing I can think of that Nintendo kept from Zelda 2 was Link's ability to cast spells. Today, there is no reason even to try to understand the Legend of Zelda series timeline. That's true. <clears throat> But no matter what, this game takes place before the first Legend of Zelda, and it's another Link in Zelda in this game, but it can be the same Ganon. One night when Link is asleep, he sees that his uncle is off to Hyrule Castle to save Princess Zelda, who has been locked in jail by the evil wizard Ganon, who tries to summon Ganon. Link rescues Zelda, and she tells him about Ganon's plans. In order to stop him, Link must pick up the Master Sword by finding three medals. Once you have obtained the Master Sword, Link can now travel between two different worlds of Hyrule. One is the peaceful world that the game begins in called the Light World. The other is full of much more dangerous monsters called the Dark World. Too bad for Link. Wrong too. He must visit seven dungeons in this world in order to get all the Triforce pieces, which he needs to stop Ganon from taking over both worlds. When you have reached the Dark World, you can use a magic mirror in order to return to the Light World at any time, but in order to reach Dark World, you will have to find a teleport. There are a lot of them all over Hyrule, and if you are a good searcher, you shouldn't have any trouble. But I still recommend that you remember where one is and always use that one because there aren't too many, and if you want to beat the game, you have to travel through both worlds many times to reach important places. I know I don't usually pick on Xylo's reviews because I just like reading them, um, but I'm just going to go back. Talking about teleports, quote, There are a lot of them over Hyrule. Literally in the same sentence, quote, Because there aren't too many. As I said, A Link to the Past is a lot more like the original. Once again, you see everything from above, and the whole point about the game is to explore the both worlds of Hyrule, get into dungeons, and come back with Triforce pieces. You can either kill enemies by using your sword, or to use some kind of attack item. There are plenty of them. When an enemy is killed, it might drop either it might either drop, excuse me, a small heart piece, which can recover Link's health, potion to recover his MP bar, money, or an item. As I said, you get a lot of items in this game. Some can be found when you explore the Hyrule Kingdom. Some can be bought but you find most of them in a dungeon since each dungeon contains a new item and this item is usually a must if you want to be able to reach the boss and get a Triforce piece. This game introduced some popular items like the shot, hook shot excuse me, and the hammer, but the most important is the bottles that you can fill up with different stuff that can either recover your health or magic. I should mention, I know there were bottles in the first game and they are not refillable, but to say that this game introduced bottles is a little misleading. All I was saying in every dungeon there are many rooms that are locked and contains a riddle or a puzzles or whatever you call it where the doors a locked and you have to do something to make it open either you just need a key have to use a bomb to blow up a door defeating all the enemies in the room or something else that's what makes the Zelda game so fun to play you can wander around a dungeon for hours because there's one riddle you can't solve and all of a sudden you realize how easy it was Besides from just finishing all the dungeons, you can also explore the two worlds in Hyrule for even more useful items and side quests. 
Most of them is about going from one world to another, and you think that most of this are optional, but actually you have to do two most of them in order to beat the game. To have any idea at all what you should do, you can talk to the villagers and hope that they give you some advice. But most of them still aren't obvious, so it's best to just explore every corner of Hyrule to make sure that you haven't missed anything. But even if I don't think it's enough to drop the score, there are many t items that you only use once or twice then never bother to use them again. And before you get used to it, it's a bit confusing to travel between the worlds, but it doesn't take much time to understand how it works. Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, might not be the absolute best game in the Zelda series. It might not be the best SNES game, but damn it, it's still a classic. Whoa, Zylo, calm down. I'm sure if I had grew up with a, with a SNES instead of a Sega Mega Drive, this would have been my favorite game of all time. The first Legend of Zelda already was a excellent game, but it was the riddles and the plot in A Link to the Past that turned the series into what it is today. If you, for some reason, own a SNES but not this game, then go ahead. I'm sure you can find it somewhere cheap. But on the other hand, I'm that you've played this game if you actually read the whole review. I'm two, Zylo. I'm two. Five. Flawless. Might not be the best, but it's flawless. Thanks, Zylo, for making us laugh and love the video games again.
You know, I've got enough time before I go to work this morning that I think we can get through the news. Let's do it. Our lead story, irony. A North Little Rock, Arkansas law firm celebrated Valentine's Day in an unconventional way. Wilson and Hauber, PLLC, hosted a contest to win a free divorce, a $985 value. Are you ready to call it quits? The firm's Facebook post asked. Do you know someone that is? Firm co-founder Brandon Halbert told WISTV that the firm had received more than 40 entries on the first day it was offered. Next story. Ew! About a week after an 11-year-old boy scraped his elbow while playing in a tidal pool on a California beach, pediatricians treating him for the resulting abscess removed a small, hard object and were surprised to discover a live, checkered periwinkle marine snail, according to United Press International. Dr. Albert Kite and his colleagues at Loma Linda University wrote in BMJ case reports that a snail's egg had apparently become embedded in the boy's skin when he scraped it. The mollusk later hatched inside the abscess. Dr. Kite said the boy took the snail home as a pet, but it did not survive long outside its former home. You should have kept it and you could have merged and become one. You could have become boy snail. Snail boy. <clears throat> I don't know. Whichever one is the more gets the first top billing, I guess. Blimey! Michelle Myers of Buckeye, Arizona, suffers from blinding headaches, but it's what happens afterward that until recently had Dr. Stumped. Myers, who has never been out of the United States, has awakened from her headaches three times in the last seven years with a different foreign accent. The first time it was Irish, the second was Australian, and both lasted only about a week. But Meyer's most recent event, which was two years ago, left her with a British accent that she still has. Doctors have diagnosed her with foreign accent syndrome, a rare condition that usually accompanies a neurological event such as a stroke. Myers told ABC 15 that the loss of her normal accent makes her sad. I feel like a different person. Everybody only sees or hears Mary Poppins. Thank goodness the accents are from countries that speak English. What if you like woke up with a Czech accent and could only speak in Czech? That would be difficult. New World Order. A new golf course at the Retreat and Links in Sylvie's Valley Ranch in Seneca, Oregon will take, quote, the golf experience to a new level. In 2018, owner Scott Campbell announced in early February to the website GolfWRX, this summer, golfers will be offered goat caddies to carry clubs, drinks, balls, and teas on the resort's short seven-hole challenge course, McVeigh's Gauntlet. We've been developing an unprecedented caddy training program with our head caddy, Bruce LaGoat, Campbell went on, adding that the professional-trained American range goats will work for peanuts. And then it says rimshot in parentheses. I don't know why the guy who owns the golf course is almost uh, Duke Nukem. It just happened that way. Update, news of the weird reported in September on the giant Fatberg. Remember that? Lodged in the sewer systems beneath the streets of London? A huge glob of oil, fat diapers, and baby wipes. It was finally blasted out after nine weeks of work. On February 8th, the Museum of London put on display a shoebox-sized chunk of the Fatberg, the consistency of which is described by curator Vicky Sparks. Vicky, by the way, spelled V-Y-K-I. It's too many vowels in a row, I'm sorry as uh, being something like Parmesan cheese crossed with moon rock. Quote, it's disgusting and fascinating, she told the Associated Press. The mini Fatberg is enclosed within three nested transparent boxes to protect visitors from potentially deadly bacteria, the terrible smell, and the tiny flies that swarm around it. The museum is also selling Fatberg fudge and t-shirts in conjunction with the exhibit, which continues until July 1st. 
No word as to what ingredients are in the fudge. Mail call, the Federal Agency for Environmental Protection in Mexico, that's the FAIP, FAIP, uh, is investigating a February 7th attempt to express mail a Bengal tiger cub from Jalisco to Corotero. Caratero, excuse me, reported WDBJ-TV. The cub had been sedated and packed into a plastic container, and a dog sniffing for contraband detected it. Wildlife agents said the cub was underweight and dehydrated, but otherwise healthy, and its papers were in order. However, because mailing it was considered mistreatment, it was relocated to a wildlife protection center. You wouldn't send it back? Oh, I guess. Why not? Taryn Woolley of Hutchinson, Kansas, got a bright idea after he read the bylaws and requirements to become the state's governor. I was reading some stories about the young teenagers that were entering the governor's, and I thought, I wonder if Angus could run, Woolley explained to KWCHTV. Angus is Woolley's wire-haired Vizsla, a four-legged furry friend of the people who Woolley said would promise soft couches and a, quote, completely anti-squirrel agenda if elected. Alas, on February 12th, the Kansas Secretary of State's office dashed Angus's dreams when it declared that despite the fact that there are no specific restrictions against a dog being governor, Angus would be unable to carry out the responsibilities of the office. I would like to add that that so far has not stopped any other governor of Kansas from being governor of Kansas. Um, Most of them are unable to carry out the responsibilities of office. And by the way, I am all for an anti-squirrel agenda. Horrible people, them squirrels. Our least competent criminals of the week, Kenneth R. Schutz Jr. of New Richmond, Wisconsin, bolted from a midnight traffic stop on February 6th, but he didn't make it far before having to call 911 for help. The Twin Cities Pioneer Press reported that Schutz got stuck in a frozen swamp in rural Star Prairie, and after about an hour, became unable to walk as temperatures dipped to minus 8 degrees. Fire and rescue workers removed shots from the wooded area, and he was later charged in St. Croix County Circuit Court for failing to obey an officer, marijuana possession, and obstructing an officer. Schutz told the deputy he, quote, needed an incident like this because he was making poor decisions in his life. And, meanwhile, halfway across the country, or all the way, really, uh, vertically, Marion County, Florida Sheriff's officials excuse me, were surprised to get a text from David W. Romig, 52, on January 30th about a murder scene at his home in Dunleon. Dunellen? I don't know. Dunellen, we'll say. The Akala Star Banner reported that detectives were called to the home after Romig reported an intruder had killed his girlfriend, 64-year-old Sally Kaufman Ruff. Some of the evidence they found didn't match Romig's story, and their suspicions were confirmed later in the day when Romig texted a detective saying, quote, I think they're going to arrest me, a text he meant to send to his wife. On February 12th, Romig admitted he may have killed Kaufman Ruff. He was charged with homicide, making a false report, and tampering with evidence. Freaky animal accident. This is uh, down there in Utah. A helicopter crew contracted contracted by the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources in Wasatch County to track and capture an elk hit a snag of sorts on February 12th, according to KUTV. As the crew lowered the aircraft to less than 10 feet above the ground to cast the net over the elk, the animal jumped and hit the tail rotor of the helicopter, causing it to crash. Mike Hadley with DWR, that's the Division of Wildlife Resources, said helicopters are used to, quote, capture and collar hundreds of animals every winter. We've never had this happen before. Two crewmen walked away with just scratches and bruises, but the elk was killed. Great job, guys. And finally, the stuff of nightmares. Frank Lyko is a biologist at the German Cancer Research Center in Heidelberg with a narrow field of study. 
the marbled crayfish. But as Dr. Lyko and his colleagues report in a study published February 5th, there's more to the six-inch crustacean than meets the eye. Until about 25 years ago, this species didn't exist, the New York Times explains. One single drastic mutation created a whole new species of crayfish, one that could clone itself. Since then, it has spread across Europe and other countries and threatened native varieties. The eggs of the crayfish all produce females, which do not need to mate to produce more eggs. Dr. Lyko's DNA research offers new insights into why most animals have sex, because there are so few examples of sex-free species. They don't usually last long. He admits that the marbled crayfish may only last 100,000 years. Quote, that would be a long time to me personally, but in evolution, it would just be a blip on the radar, he said. There you go. I mean, you know, proof of evolution. There it is. It's a mutation, which is basically all we're talking about. There's your science. Get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the show for the week. I want to thank you very much for listening. And, of course, I want to remind you that you can catch the show here on whatever you're listening to it at currently. Because that would be weird if not. Uh, iTunes, TuneIn, all that other stuff as well. You can find information about the show on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and all those places. You can get all the old episodes, playlists, and everything else at lowbiasgaming.net. You can contact the show at electricleftovers, all one word, at outlook.com, and um, et cetera, et cetera. And wherever you happen to be listening to the show, leave us a review, leave us some comments, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, and tell a friend. If you tell one friend, and they tell one friend, and they tell one friend, pretty soon no one will have any friends left. And isn't that really the goal of being human? to make everybody despise you sure it is thanks for listening folks be on the lookout for roll film this week and uh we'll see you next week now what you do is you got some shy white rock bands with try white wristbands and sight of mormons and fright of christians the drool in the corner and they mouths is glistening you can't hear shit for the whistling above all the people uh an undead beetle, a hair transplant, and a junkie. What? Come friendly bombs and rhino keen, and anyone that's ever been like featured in the anime, and that includes me. See the World Bank, don't do shit for free. So read that.
that job tree they see thee and the all they and they own thee so they go oh you want mate yeah they decide you don't slate you can't send piss into wine you can't rub pennies in a wound and expect it to be fine there are no diamonds in the mines cause we teeth the lot so I'm on top of the pot singing thanks for all the aids and the bums and the nuns and the guns and the bombs on the trains thanks for all the aids and the bloods and the bloods and the drugs and the banning all the rights thanks for all the for you and for making us slaves thanks for all the aids I'll pray for me Methodist cause I fear the rapture coming at ya like Cleopatra oh you can never catch it the Donovan stature I'm evil on the mic like Margaret Thatcher made you look bums like a new come truer than the gospel according to my mate Luke it says here that this guy God wants to kill you if you're queer or if you're a Jew or you're an Arab a minor in a hole or if you are a dog because you haven't got a soul or if you are a dead baby <laughs> you should count your stones and see how lucky you are so if your kids are unwetter than you are 12 times worse than the worst crack hurt I can say this because I'm sure you ain't shit we've been devised to quit but we ain't taking the piss when we say thanks for all the AIDS and the bums and the guns and the nuns and the bums on the trains thanks for all the AIDS and the lies and the wives of the guys who be dying in spades thanks for all the AIDS and the crap TV and for me and for bringing on the plague thanks for all the AIDS one more fucking time thanks for all the AIDS and the bums and the nuns and the guns and the bums on the trains thanks for all the AIDS and the bloods and the bloods and the drugs and the banning all the rapes thanks for all the AIDS and the Asian flu and for you and for making us safe